to our listeners, while we believe there has never been a more important time to focus on customer experience, it is important to note that the following episode of Experience This was recorded before the outbreak of the COVID-19 virus. Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingis serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones, it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss infusing remarkable into your common interactions, switching the default mode to something legendary, and gaining attention with an international perspective. Cabos, cameos, and Canadian. Oh my. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. Dan, have you ever stayed at a hotel where every time you turned around, you witnessed something that would make for a great segment on our show? I think you're describing most of the Las Vegas Strip, but outside of that, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Not that often. Well, I had an experience a few months ago, and instead of devoting segment after segment after segment to each of the remarkable experiences that I had, and in fact, we could have devoted an entire season to this place. It was that amazing. I decided to combine some of my best interactions into a single discussion where we look at the things that are required elements of any typical hotel stay but where the Montage Los Cabos, a stunning resort in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, went above and beyond. I have a question. Yes. Why couldn't we have done this live (laughs) together at this resort? Why do I have to sit and listen to You know, that is a great and fair question. Uh, Let me just say, folks, I will, as they say, don't bury the lead. Uh, The moral of the story here is, if you have the opportunity to go to the Montage Los Cabos in Mexico, do whatever you can to get there. It is by far the most incredible hotel I have ever stayed at with a staff where across the board, everyone just gets it. They get customer experience at a deep and meaningful level. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, it is not an inexpensive resort. I was there for an event that I was speaking and presenting at, uh, but it is absolutely stunning. But let me give you an example of some of the things that they did that really stood out. And let's begin with arrival. Now, I don't know, uh, listeners, if you've ever had the chance to stay at a hotel. I noticed especially in foreign countries where there's kind of a gate as you enter the resort property where they get your name and they confirm and then you drive through the property to the front uh, lobby, if you will, where you check in. So when we got to the gate, the uh, person manning the gate asked us our names. We explained what our names were so they could confirm that we did indeed have reservations at the hotel. But what's interesting is when we got to the front lobby in the check-in area, the main entrance to the hotel, the valets opened the door. I was there 
with my wife as well and said, welcome home, Mr. and Mrs. Coleman. Aww. Which was just a really nice touch. And they called us by name, even though we'd never met them before. Now, how did they know our name? Well, of course, we had checked in at the gate a mile down the road, uh, and that information had been properly transmitted to them. So that was really cool. Well, then we go inside for the check-in process. And as many folks who have checked into a hotel will know, it's usually not the most exciting part of the hotel process. There's paperwork, you're giving your credit card, you're getting your room keys. Invariably, they wanna show you maps of the resort and tell you about their amenities and that kind of thing. It's usually uh, ends up taking a little bit longer than you would like it to take. Plus, you've just gotten off a flight and, or you know, a long way of travel and there's really an opportunity, I think, here to take a required pit stop and turn it into something special, which is exactly what the montage did. They came up and offered us a signature mixed drink that they had presented. It was refreshing and it was beautiful. But to be honest, I don't drink alcohol. And so I declined the drink. And almost as quickly as I had declined the drink, the person said, well, would a non-alcoholic beverage be more interesting, or a water. And I said, well, actually, if you have a non-alcoholic beverage, that'd be great. They disappeared, and in under 30 seconds, we're back with a custom non-alcoholic drink that was totally refreshing, and I loved. Last but not least, while we were checking in, there was a family next to us checking again. Now, my wife and I were traveling, just the two of us, uh, but there was a family next door, and as I was watching the family check-in, I was reminded of all the times I've been a check-in with my family after a long day of traveling, hoping, begging, pleading to just get the keys so we can get to the room. And this family was kind of having a similar experience when all of a sudden the door to the lobby opened and in came a remote control dune buggy pulling a wagon. Now, the second this entered the lobby, the kids' heads snapped around. It was two little kids, maybe ages three and five, somewhere in that age, snapped around. This dune buggy pulls right up to them, and the wagon that it's pulling is filled with stuffed animals. Now, these aren't just any stuffed animals. These are custom stuffed animals representing the animals that live on or near the property. There's a turtle, a dolphin, a whale, a fox, all these amazing stuffed animals that are specifically designed for the montage. And the kids, without needing to be told, reach in and pull a stuffed animal out. Now, one of the kids actually pulls out three stuffed animals, to which the mom is like, no, 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 just one, to which the person behind the counter says, she can take as many as she wants. Dang. They're not even checked in, and this family is all in, and these kids think this is the greatest resort they've ever been to. Yeah, I was just going to say that we've talked about this in a past episode, that oftentimes the experience begins before the experience begins. And what's so interesting is everything you've just mentioned is before your stay has actually begun. Absolutely. And I don't so, even have my room key. Right. And so you already love the place. You've already had a good experience before your experience has even started. And, you know, that is impossible in every business, but it is possible that your business could be thinking about how to create an experience before somebody actually does business with you or before their prescribed experience begins. And it definitely sounds like this place is 
doing that. Agreed, Dan. You know, and we talked way back on episode 20 about the Fairmont Hotel Banff Springs and how they gave stuffed animals to my boys as we were checking in. We talked about Darren Brown's magic show, The Secret, on Broadway that uh, had the show begin before the show actually began. But what I loved about the montage is how they stacked these things. Multiple things happened right at the beginning that left me feeling really good. So now that we're checked in, it's time to go to our room. But of course, as you're probably already guessing, the transit from the lobby to our room is not going to be normal or the usual experience. We're ushered outside where we meet a golf cart, which has been loaded already with our luggage that was taken out of the car and put in the golf cart while we were checking in. And this is actually a golf cart that is designed to transport people to their rooms with their luggage. So it's not like we're having to straddle the bags or some random guy's holding onto the bags as he drives along. No, it's beautifully outfitted. There's plenty of room. As we drive towards our room, which is a little bit further away on the property, Every time we pass a staff member raking the lawn or a housekeeper walking to a room or whatever they may do, they stop what they are doing, turn and look at us and say, buenos dias or greet us in some way. I've never experienced this at any hotel where the staff acknowledges you not only by saying something, but stops what they're doing, stands and faces you. And it was actually, to be completely candid, almost a little disconcerting in the beginning because they track your body. So as you're coming towards them, they're looking at you, but as you walk away, they continue to look at you on the off chance that you might turn around and go back the other direction, that they don't start uh, working again until you're basically out of sight. So this was really interesting. And then we get to the room. Now, checking into the room, it's a gorgeous room at a beautiful resort. And I've stayed at hotels before where the person, you know, the bell captain bringing your bags, you know, says, oh, can I show you around the room? And usually what that means is, can I walk around the room and point out some things that you could have easily found on your own? And it's not that interesting. But this review of the room was fantastic. Not only did he open the blinds to give us the full experience of the light flooding the room, and of course the blinds had been closed because it's Mexico and it's hot as can be, but he proceeds to then show us where the key light switches are. There are like a dozen light switches, but he shows us where the one is that shuts off all the lights, and he shows us the one from that you can turn everything on and off while you're in bed. He then goes to the thermostat and says, let me switch this over from Celsius to Fahrenheit, uh, because I imagine as Americans, you'd rather see the temperature displayed that way. And by the way, can you tell me what temperature you normally like to sleep at night? I'll go ahead and program this accordingly so you don't have to think about it. Okay, I am completely enamored at this point. And then he takes us into the bathroom. The bathroom has a shower inside the bathroom, which is not surprising, but it also has a shower outside. So you can shower inside or outside kind of under the stars. Now, granted, it's got a wall around it and that's where you have your privacy, but we've been in the room for five minutes And I want to live in this room for the rest of my life. That's awesome. And obviously in the hotel world, the room is where you're going to spend a lot of time most most often. And, you know, it's in some ways a commodity because a hotel room generally has the same features in it. And so when you can stand out by offering something that is unique, that's how you become memorable. Absolutely. So then... We get unpacked, we get settled in, and it's been a long day of traveling, and it's time to eat. 
so we're going to go to a restaurant on the property. Now, we've got a reservation for an early dinner. Plan is we'll have dinner, we'll retire early, call the day, and be able to really explore and experience the resort the next day. So when we get to the restaurant, they come up to take the drink order, as many wait servers will do when you first sit down at your table. But once again, I'm offered alcohol, and when I say that I don't actually drink, the server says, well, Mr. Coleman, I know you're here for six days. Do you imagine at any point in this process you would be interested in an alcoholic drink? And I said, actually, no, I, I don't drink, but thank you for the offer. No server asked me if I wanted an alcoholic drink again the entire time over there. Nice. So somehow they've got a CRM that they're rolling that up, which is amazing. They bring out the appetizer. We ordered chips and guacamole. They had whipped avocado in a half shell. So the skin of the avocado, they had carved it out. They had whipped the guacamole. They had put it back in the hollowed out shell. And instead of the nut in the center of the avocado, they had a circular nut made of honey butter that just was divine. And last but not least, after an incredible meal, we ordered dessert and they brought dessert, some dessert drinks out that were in a smoking cage. And I, I can't describe this in any other way other than to say they opened a cage, a glass cage on our table, smoke poured out of the cage and inside were our two drinks. Now I say drinks, these were dessert drinks that we had ordered, right? That were non-alcoholic, absolutely delicious. It was like drinking ice cream, right? It was kind of a leche caramel. I don't even remember what it was because the presentation was so incredible that it was a battle between what I had just seen with my eyes and what I was now tasting. Folks, we've got a video of this that you can check out on the show notes page at experiencethisshow.com. It was an incredible meal. Joey, normally I would come in here and say something, but honestly, you are so energized about this, and I know you want to share more of this experience. So I'm just going to hand it back to you and sit back and listen. You're too kind. All right, I got one more thing I want to talk about, which is what you do when you're at a hotel. Now, lots of times you go to a resort, maybe they have a swimming pool. If it's on the beach, there's the opportunity to go to the beach. What I love about the Montage Los Cabos is that not only were the things that you could kind of choose your own adventure on, but there were a number of things that were unique to that hotel that really stood out and made an impression on me. The first one is, what do you do with the kids? Now, we weren't traveling with our kids, but like many resorts uh, that cater to families, they have play areas and playgrounds and a kids club. But the coolest thing that they had was the ability to collect montage merit pins. Now, the merit pins were on display in the lobby. They're these beautiful, metallic, super cool pins that if you did certain activities as a kid, you could earn this pin and then put it on a lanyard. And the goal was to collect all the pins. Well, needless to say, some of our friends who had kids there were wanting to go spend time at the kids club and doing these activities, which by the way, hint, hint, gives the parents a break to actually enjoy the resort. And the coolest one they had is the opportunity to earn Lucas status. Now, Lucas is the name they've given to a marlin, a fish that lives in the bay just outside the resort. And every once in a while, the marlin jumps and you can see it. So what they tell the kids is when, on, when you're on the beach with your parents, Keep looking out on the bay because if you see it jump and you come tell us, you can earn the Lucas pin. Now, I don't know about you, Dan. 
my six-year-old, my four-year-old, when we go to the beach, most of my time is spent hoping that they don't die, right? <laughs> From running into the waves or getting rolled or whatever it may be. I watched other kids sitting in the stand, staring out across the bay, peacefully watching for the marlin to jump while their parents read a book or also stared out and looked on the bay or just enjoyed the resort. It was incredible. Last but not least, they had a turtle release. So the Montage has partnered with a local conservation group to raise sea turtles. They raise them on property and then every once in a while they release them. So they announce over this loudspeaker system throughout the entire property. It's the only time I heard it announced or used rather that in 20 minutes on the beach, they are going to release the turtles. Well, hundreds of people come down to the beach to watch these turtles waddle down the sand into the surf and swim out into the bay. Again, we've got a video of this at experiencethisshow.com in the show notes. I mean, every time I turned around, there was something happening that was absolutely incredible. I tell you, uh, I think I've got a great idea, Joey. I think that we need to have an experience this retreat where we just <laughs> will bring all of our listeners with nice, us. Nice, nice. I like it. We're going to take over this whole place and we're just going to all finally understand how to do customer experience. Oh my goodness. It, it was a masterclass in customer experience. Folks, the Montage Los Cabos is by far the most amazing hotel experience I've ever had. Why? Because at every turn, not only did they make the required remarkable, but they made it so incredibly remarkable that I'm still buzzing about it and about dozens of details about it months and months later. Rest assured that I can't wait to get back to the Montage Los Cabos, and I hope you'll take a few minutes to visit experiencethisshow.com and check out the photos and the videos that I made about the various experiences we detailed in this segment. If nothing else, my hope is that it will give you the chance to see just how many touch points can come together to create a stellar, remarkable experience. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Unless you're Chrissy Teigen, it's almost impossible to hear John Legend's soothing voice everywhere you go. Until now. Google recently made it possible for you to swap out your Google Assistant's voice with that of Academy Award-winning, Tony Award-winning, 10-time Grammy Award-winning singer, John Legend. And to think I thought it was cool when I changed my Waze voice to Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which was fun, it. by the way. I'm sure it was fun. The idea that we're looking to ways to customize these voice assistants and make the interactions uh, more personalized and more entertaining for us, I absolutely love. Well, folks, this episode's CX Press story comes from Architectural Digest of all places and is written by Jordi Leap-McGraw. The article is entitled, You Can Now Have John Legend as Your Google Assistant Voice. And it details Google's initiative to let you change your voice assistant to speak like a celebrity. Now, to be clear, while Legend's voice doesn't work in every scenario, you can get answers from him to questions like, what's the weather? What's your favorite song? And how are you? There are also some more lighthearted ones like, what's your best pickup line? And the command, serenade me. 
To get a feel for what this would be like, let's listen to the promo video Google shared when they announced this new feature. The levels are set, are you ready to rock and roll? I'm your Google Assistant. I can help you find answers and have fun. The forecast is 72 and sunny. Okay, here's one of my favorite songs. Happy birthday to the person whose birthday it is. Whoa, I'm filling this new voice. You can find me on all kinds of devices, phones, Google Homes, and if I'm lucky, in your heart. Legend spent 10 days in a recording studio, saying different phrases and sentences, so artificial intelligence technology could learn to mimic his voice. As he explained, Google has some kind of amazing algorithm, but it takes a lot of recording to do that. I have to say, having spent two days in studio with you, Joey, to record our season of Experience This, 10 days is a lot of time. It's a lot of time. And folks, these are long days. If you've not had the opportunity to be in a recording studio, it's a lot of fun. But you don't realize how exhausting talking nonstop for a full day really is. So yeah, more uh, credit to John. Obviously, he had spent plenty of time in the recording studio before he started working with Google. He had done a couple of gigs before that, but it's still pretty impressive. What I think is interesting is that we have this rise of voice assistants, right? Amazon has Alexa, Apple has Siri, Microsoft has Cortana, Google has... Google Assistant? I mean, come on, Google. Like, we could have come up with a little bit of a better name for that. Where's the creativity? But this is only going to increase. In fact, the use of voice assistants is set to triple over the next few years, according to a forecast from UK-based analyst at Juniper Research. The firm estimates there will be 8 billion digital voice assistants in use by 2023. That's just three years from now. Hold on one second. There are only seven and a half billion people on the planet. You're telling me that we're going to have more voice assistants than actual voices in the next three years. That is the prediction. That is crazy. Now, to be fair, I get it. I think I have five Amazon devices in my house, maybe six. Okay. So I get it. Yeah, like it's, yeah. We have more, you know, your phone can have a voice, your laptop can have a voice, your smart TV can have a voice, your, you know, voice assistant that's in your Google Home or your Alexa or whatever it may, can have a voice. So yeah, multiple people own multiple devices and you can set all of those voices to be different. Yeah, and I, when I had the Cookie Monster voice, I have to tell you, it really did make driving more fun. And I usually have the voice turned off on Waze, but I wanted it turned on because I wanted to hear what he was going to say. And I remember like one of my favorite ones was, police officer reported ahead. Maybe we ask <laughs> if he want cookie. <laughs> And you're sitting there laughing because the you're car. laughing and you're having yeah. fun and a stress. What can be a stressful experience driving in traffic suddenly becomes a fun experience because of the interactivity. I, I love it and I love this idea of choosing your voice. You know, we spoke way back in season three, episode sixty-eight, about a gender-neutral voice called Q. I mean, what's next? We've got you know celebrity voices. I think there are a lot of different ways people could take this in the future. Well, and maybe AI advances to the point where you can have your voice assistant match the voice of a loved one. I mean, how about having the voice assistant be your spouse or one of your kids or even really getting out there, 
a deceased loved one. Oh, can you, sure. Can you imagine getting, you know, recording our parents' voices now so that down the road we could actually have them talk to us when they're no longer with us? Yeah. I Freaky mean, a little bit, but a, also pretty cool. But pretty cool. And I mean, it kind of brings us back to that nostalgia trend that we talked about earlier. Often when we see posts on social media or we talk to people who've experienced the death of a loved one, sometimes years later they talk about, I can't hear their voice anymore. What if you could? What's possible? So beyond a better understanding of the rise of voice assistance and the novelty of putting a celebrity voice onto yours, what should our listeners do with this information? Well, we recommend you consider the following. Number one, find ways to be more playful. One of the best things about the partnership between John Legend and Google Assistant is that it allows a technology solution, which is a robotic voice assistant, to take on a more playful tone. I mean, John Legend is known for being a larger-than-life personality, and his playfulness really comes through in the messages, even the way he sings happy birthday in the recording that we shared earlier. Number two, find ways to be more familiar. Can you align your brand with celebrities or stars or historical figures in a way that makes your brand feel more connected to the people your customers already know? And number three, find ways to incorporate voice assistance and voice commands into your work. For example, did you know that you can say to Alexa or Google Assistant, play experience this and listen to our podcast? To set that up wasn't that difficult, and you probably could find a way to experiment with voice in your business too. Friends, have we got something special for you. As loyal listeners of our show will know, we've had a fantastic long-standing relationship with our great friends at Avtex. Avtex offers a variety of solutions that help companies develop their CX vision and strategy. Now, in order to help organizations navigate both their employee and customer experiences throughout this current COVID-19 crisis and beyond, Avtex hosted an informative and actionable webinar entitled, Four Phases to Managing Customer Experience Through Crisis. Now, did you get a chance to listen to it? Well, if you did, I'm pretty sure you got some great insights. But if you missed it, don't worry. We've got you covered. We worked with the Avtex team to arrange for you to access the recording on demand. Now, in this webinar, you're going to hear from a great panel of experts, including Avtex's CXO, Kurt Schroeder, who you may recall we featured back in episode 81 of the Experience This Show. You'll also learn all about Avtex's responding to crisis with CX model, and you'll see how you can successfully provide meaningful experiences for both your employees and your customers during this difficult time. Now, friends, I actually listened to this webinar myself as a participant, and I particularly enjoyed what the folks at Avtex had to say about eliminating or suspending any non-essential steps or questions in your customer communications, and about empowering your frontline agents and frontline customer service people with the permissions and support necessary to just make it right for every customer you serve. Friends, this is what we need to be doing in this time. Avtex gives you the blueprint, the model for doing it. Now, you're going to get dozens of tips and suggestions. And if that wasn't enough, when it's all said and done, you'll also receive a free white paper that outlines their key recommendations. And I think even more importantly, a series of checklists to help you assess where you currently are and then to enhance your implementation efforts as you think about how to create the kind of remarkable experiences that are going to keep your customers and your employees coming back for more. 
All you need to do is go to experienceconversations.com. That's experienceconversations.com and sign up to learn about the four phases to managing customer experience through crisis today as brought to you by our friends at Avtex. We're excited to give you an overview of an important book you should know about, as well as share some of our favorite passages as part of our next book report. I think one of the things most challenging to do in an increasingly busy and disjointed world is grab and hold someone's attention. Dan, I totally agree. And that's why I'm such a fan of the book we're going to discuss in this segment. Think Do Say is written by my good friend, Canadian speaker, award-winning advertising writer, and creative director extraordinaire, Ron Tite. Not only is he a great writer and a big thinker, but he's funny as can be. And his book is filled with witty and poignant statements about marketing, branding, and customer experience. Things like, data is more than a character from Star Trek. And I shouldn't read your values, I should experience your values. To give you an overview of the book, Let's hear from the author himself, Mr. Ron Tite. People today are inundated with nonstop content, broken promises, endless product extensions, and pressure from lame articles like the seven things that successful people do every single day. Yeah. What do we do? We throw vanity metrics at them. We give superficial techniques on how to solve the problems and drive them towards a talk or a white paper. And really, come on, we got to be better than this. Because at the end of the day, the real problem is that consumers and colleagues and leaders don't know where to look and they don't know who to trust. And what we know is that great leaders and, and great organizations are all based on what they think, what they do, and what they say. And all three together. Because if all you do as a leader is think, 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 well, then you're a think tank. And, you know, there's a lot of competition out there because anybody with a Maya Angelou quote and an Instagram account is a philosopher these days. Now, if all you do is do, 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 well, then as an organization, you're a sweatshop. And as a person, well, you're probably not as popular with your colleagues as you think you are because you're probably defining your success by the number of hours you work, not the quality of those hours. And if as an organization or as a person, all you do is talk about the things you're going to do, but you never actually do them, you'll be found out. It is about thinking and doing and saying. And that is what this book explores. So going back to the title of this book, Thinking, Doing, and Saying, or Think, Do, and Say, I think that most brands are focusing on one or two of those at best. And unfortunately, I think saying is the one they're probably most Yeah, there's on, a lot right? of truth to that. It's like talk, 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 and hope that we say something that our customers will listen to. And spending a little bit more time thinking and doing is not only good for us as individuals, but also for companies to take the time to listen to the world around you, listen to your customers, to your prospects, think about what you're going to say before you're going to say it, and don't look at the world as your own branded megaphone. <laughs> so agree. I so agree. I am such a fan of the message in Think, Do, Say, because not only is it powerful, but it's written in a fun and playful way that's just a delight to read. 
When it comes to my favorite passage, I had to go with the following because I think it's a new way of looking at what is a key factor in customer experience. And I quote, if your answer to what do your customers want you to do is, quote, whatever they tell us on the feedback forms, you're not doing it correctly. Reacting to consumer complaints isn't an approach. It's a reaction. It's tough to build sustainable momentum if your customers are always ahead of you. They don't want you to be reactive. They want you to be proactive. Now, personally, Dan, I'm a big believer that customer service is reactive, whereas customer experience is proactive. We need to get out ahead of the customers and forge a path for them. Well, I agree with you mostly. I think that great customer service can be proactive as well. And that creates a great customer experience, right? When you identify a problem before it happens, for example, uh, a company that goes out on social media and says, we know our website's down, we're working to fix it. Now you, Joey, may not have been to the website yet today, but they just prevented you from having a problem that you were going to call about. And I think that is service. But when it comes to my favorite passage, I actually went kind of a different way. I like the fact that in the book, Tight talks about customer experience and encourages employees to consider who do you do it for? In other words, who do you serve? Who's your customer? And by asking who you do it for, you get to broaden the definition of the customer without getting into the messy conversations about what specifically qualifies. And I, as I read this quote, it's a little bit lengthy. I want the companies that are dealing with generic customer personas to really take note. Personas are a long held vehicle in customer experience, but one in which I think are often overused because we think that as long as we have this persona down, which includes all these people, that we're going to cover everyone. And I think when you hear this, you're going to understand that it's really about the individual. Here comes the quote. No one understands who they do it for better than Netflix. It has millions of customers around the world. Each of them has unique viewing habits with different tastes in different genres. I'm no different. I love binging on Netflix. When I do, I enjoy watching crime dramas. When I go to Netflix, it asks me to select from the two users registered. When I sign in under my user profile, the options before me are shows like The Killing, The Gunman, another gruesome tale of an unsolved murder starring people with British accents. When my wife signs in under her user profile, she doesn't see the killing. Her choices include Downton Abbey, Gilmore Girls, and whatever the programming equivalent of a hug is. If someone has been killed, Netflix knows that I want to see it. <laughs> if someone has fallen in love, Netflix knows that my wife wants to see it. Honestly, if the only Netflix available was her Netflix, I would have canceled our account long ago. Netflix isn't just collecting data to broadly get to know who they do it for. They're using the data to customize the delivery of their product to the individual. My Netflix is my Netflix. The moment I select my user profile, Netflix isn't doing it for anyone but me. I absolutely love this example, and I'm so glad you picked this as your passage because it gives you a little bit of a flavor of the language Ron uses in the book and the way he writes and the way he presents things. I mean, at the end of the day, you're not being compared to the other players in your industry anymore. You're being compared to the best experiences your customers have ever had, which means the convenience of Amazon, the beauty of Apple, and the personalization of Netflix. If you don't start benchmarking against the best experience as your customers have ever had, you won't be delivering experiences much longer because your customers are going to move on when you can't keep up. 
But what about Ron Tite, the author? What's his favorite passage from the book? I'll let him share it now. Chapter 2. This is the chaos part. Get into a New York state of mind. Two ad campaigns I created have been featured in Times Square. As a Canadian ad guy mostly doing stuff north of the border, I was proud when my work made it to New York's biggest stage. I mean, hell, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, right? Times Square is the most expensive promotional real estate in North America, with more lights, signs, bells, flashes, and distractions than your average stretch of pavement. The Times Square Alliance reports that signage in the area generates 1.5 million impressions from over 380,000 pedestrians and 115,000 drivers and passengers every day. It may surprise you to find out that over 60,000 people live in the greater Times Square area too. That's a ton of eyeballs, and they all need something to look at. Brands buy billboards because they want those eyes to look at their ads. But here's the real problem. Buying the space is easy. Standing out is not. When a consumer stands in the middle of Times Square, they don't even know where to look. Every inch of peripheral vision is filled with something that pulls the eyes away, blinking, moving, waving, animating, shining, flashing, ringing. Look here, no, here, no, here. Down on street level, it's even worse. Evangelical preachers are trying to get you to convert. Buskers are performing for change. Food carts are hawking street meat. Scammers are asking you for bus money. Young comedians are papering a local comedy club. Curbside entrepreneurs are selling everything from T-shirts and theater tickets to recreational drugs and prostitution. So not only do they not know where to look, they don't know who to trust either. They don't know where to look. They don't know who to trust. Well, I hate to break it to you, Billy Joel, but you're not the only one in a New York state of mind because today, Times Square isn't just isolated between West 42nd and West 47th. It's everywhere. Times Square is in Kentucky. It's in Winnipeg. It's at your desk. It's in the middle of your living room. Times Square is in your pocket. It doesn't matter where they're located. Consumers, prospects, clients, and colleagues don't know where to look, and they don't know who to trust. People don't know where to look and don't know who to trust. Well, let us tell you, folks, you need to look no further than Ron Tite's book, Think, Do, Say, to get a digestible, actionable guide that will help you seize attention. And you can trust us on that. Wow, another season of the experience this show is in the books. Season five would not have happened without the support of many incredible people, including our book report authors, featured guests who submitted audio recordings to add to the conversation, and the fine folks who shared their listener stories for us to incorporate throughout the season. Our partners at Avtex, especially Marshall, Andy, Beth, Joseph, and John, who have supported this podcast for two seasons, season four and season five, both financially and with outstanding content for us to share with you. 
our friends at YokoCo, who continue to maintain and update our website. That's www.experiencethisshow.com, including Stacy, Max, and Chris. Our production team at the Coop Studios in Boulder, Colorado, including Aaron Lasco and audio engineer Taylor Marvin. Taylor, who is actually featured in one of our episodes this season. So excited to have him on the team as well. In addition, we'd like to thank my law school roommate, Davin Seaman, who continues to serve as the composer of all of our show music, and my incredible wife, Barrett, for editing the show notes and making sure that each and every episode reaches your ears via your favorite podcast app. Last but certainly not least, to you, our amazing loyal listeners especially you, Dad. We could not keep doing the experience this show if you didn't show up every week on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. We truly, truly appreciate it. And we're thankful that you enable us to continue doing something we love. Thanks for a fantastic season five. Enjoy your summer and we'll see you back for season six in the fall. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This! We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.